0: Welcome in to 4 The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Staltzer. Alongside me, as always, is John Paulson, JP. You and I have a mastermind matchup this weekend in our fantasy football uh, league, and I don't know if I should be talking to you much, because this this is a big one.
1: Well, I think it's all going to come down to our tight ends, because you picked up <clears throat> Janus Smith, uh, much to my chagrin, a few weeks ago, but I... I don't know if you saw but I landed Gerald Everett off the waiver wire. Somebody I cut him. see that. And I was actually, like, it's pretty sad when you get excited about <laughs> snagging Gerald Everett off the <laughs> waiver wire, but that's where we are right now.
0: That's true. Tell us about the music.
1: Yes, this was uh, the Black Crows. Now, we're, we're big on the Black Keys on this podcast, but this is mm-hmm. the Black Crows, different band. Um, maybe before some of our listeners' time, but I think probably in the wheelhouse of most of our listeners. And... This is off their album, Shake Your Money Maker, it's the opening track, and a little story about the Black Crows. This is where I got really annoyed with a couple of my friends, because I heard, I saw, I actually saw the video for Twice as Hard on MTV, and they were playing it in, I don't know, 120 minutes, or some other, uh, other sh- one of the other shows there on MTV back in the day. And I was like, this is a really cool band. Never really hit the radio, so I went out and bought the, the album, Shake Your Money Maker. It's their debut album, it's a great album. Um, and what I liked about it was it had, like, more of a classic rock feel. And a lot of the bands, at 1990, if you remember, it was a lot of the hair bands and stuff going on in the, in the rock scene. So what I liked about uh, Black Crows is that they had, like, more of a Stones feel to them. And uh, I played this song and album for one of my friends, and he's like, nah, this isn't, nah, I don't really like this. And then, I don't know, six, eight months later, they come out with Hard to Handle, which is their cover that was a huge monster around the world hit. And the same friend came up to me. He's like, have you heard this band, Black Crows? I'm like, dude, I played like four songs for you in your car six months ago. So he didn't believe me. He, he still probably still doesn't believe me, I'm sure, to this day. And I was like, here's the album. See how, I'm just like, whatever, dude. And so I, that's what I learned not to expect much from my friends when it comes to the music. I just play it for them. And if, they, if they're into it, great. If not, just leave them alone.
0: I'm surprised you're still
1: friends with him, quite frankly. Frankly, well, I haven't talked to him since high school, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, there you go. yeah. That's funny. That's uh, why. It, That's probably so, why.
0: <laughs> but Bla- you mentioned the Black Crows, so I actually got a chance to talk to Steve Gorman, who is their drummer, a couple of oh, weeks yeah? ago. Yeah, he's a huge sports fan. My producer for a radio show I do here in St. Louis, he knew him somehow, and he was a big uh, Atlanta Braves fan because he grew up in Atlanta. So the Cardinals were playing the Braves. Long story short, we had him on the show. He was great, and he just recently wrote a book. So he was uh, he was a lot of fun. So,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm and I would highly recommend. I would highly recommend the first two albums, Shake Your Money Maker" and the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. I think we featured um, "No Speak No Slave" but off the second album. Pre- uh, previously on the pod, I saw it on the playlist. Um, those two albums really great, great opening uh, duo of albums for this band.
0: Excellent. Let's dive into some content. Although first, we got to make sure that you know about the code TMAP at four for four you will get 25% off any rest of season subscription. Prices were reduced once again, but you can get an additional 25% off with the code TMAP. If you're going to sign up, you want to give John a little bit of a kickback, a little credit, click on the link in his Twitter bio or click the link bit.ly backslash TMAPJohn. All that in the back half, TMAP, and then John's name, J-O-H-N, all in caps to sign up and he'll get a little kickback. Today, we're going to discuss the latest news and injuries, recap the Chargers-Raiders Thursday night football game, and then we'll discuss a few of John's sneaky starts for Week 10. But first, word from our sponsors. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, brings the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. It's called the Hooter Main Event, the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind that you're going to find for Week 10. Remember, only at Fantasy Draft are 100%. Of the entry fees paid to contest winners you can sign up at fantasydraft.com with promo code 444 you'll get a free seven-day trial membership our pod is also sponsored by sharp angle sports win betting in the nfl with weekly selections from nfl sharp james salinas the most successful super contest winner of all time visit sharp angle sports and start winning today john we start off the pod with joe jacoby Brissett. he got hurt last week in that win uh, over the, uh, that loss, excuse me, should have been a win with Adam, Adam Vinatieri, but in that loss to the Steelers, do you think he lines up this weekend?
1: He has practiced in a limited fashion all three days this week, and I reluctantly put him back in the rankings because my least favorite thing to do is put somebody in the rankings and have to take him back out. Um, again, cause it's extra work that I'm creating for myself. Sure. But um, it appears that he's on track to play. Now, common sense might prevail and they might decide, yes, we can win this game uh, with Brian Hoyer at quarterback and we should probably let Brissette, uh rest his knee, but maybe the Colts are feeling the heat a little bit with a loss last week and uh, want to put their best foot forward uh, this out there this week. Um, the issue with starting Brissett this week is that the the Colts play in the late route of games at 4 o'clock, so um, if you're sitting here... Right now, having to make that decision, I would lean against it. Maybe we'll get some information from Schefter or Ian Rappaport on Saturday night um, or Sunday morning uh, tweet bombs. Um, but for right now, we won't know uh, until 90 minutes before kickoff for sure if he's going to play or not. Um, so you would want to have a pivot. And uh, you know, Hoyer is a fine pivot, but there's some other teams playing afterward that maybe you could uh, pick up a player and and, and start him. Um, most of those quarterbacks are, are already off the off the waiver wire. So uh, Hoyer's probably your best bet.
0: Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. He's questionable with a knee injury for the Jets' Week 10 matchup against the Giants. When asked of Bell's chances of playing in Week 10, Jets head coach Adam Gase said, quote, it looks good. Well, confident <laughs> in that, John? Not much that, he, that Adam Gase gave you.
1: Um, well." Adam Gase <laughs> is having a tough season. It certainly, is. Uh, right now, yeah, yeah is is not pretty. Um, I think he will end up playing. Uh, it sounds like the MRI was um, negative in terms of the, any severe damage to the knee, and it looks like he's probably going to get it out. Um, the Jets. Uh, let's see when they play. They play early on, on Sunday, so uh, it shouldn't be much of an issue for owners. Uh, the, the issue primarily is who uh, could you pivot to. Uh, off the waiver wire and the Jets have a couple of running backs behind Bell that have been splitting the very limited work behind him Ty Montgomery and uh, Bilal Powell and at the start of the season they thought that Ty Montgomery was going to be the primary backup but it's actually been Powell that's been getting more carries and and Montgomery getting most of the catches so it could be a pretty ugly uh, timeshare if Bell were to sit.
0: What's your advice for James Conner owners? Well James Conner, I guess, and Benny Snell are out. So there's your there's your advice. Uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh running back situation: Jalen Samuels there. You got Trey Edmonds. Apparently, is dealing with ribs, but did return to practice. So, what do you think of Pittsburgh's running back situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, Ed, if Edmonds plays, then we'll probably see the same sort of split we saw last week with Samuels seeing a, you know maybe eight or to ten carries, and then a ton of work in the passing game. He had 13 catches last week. Uh, Edmonds, I believe, had 12 carries and no targets in the passing game. So very defined roles there for, for Edmonds and, and Jalen Samuels, although Jalen Samuels did end up with quite a few touches. And I feel pretty confident that he'll have a, a good game, especially in half PPR, PPR formats, because he's such a good receiver.
0: How do you handle the David Johnson ranking situation? Because he wasn't listed on the Cardinals' final injury report. Looks like all systems go against Tampa Bay who doesn't have a great defense overall, but the run defense is very good. And Kenyon Drake is also coming off that big performance against the 49ers. So, David Johnson's back. Workload split with Kenyon Drake, you think?
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily think that Johnson's 100%, but he's back in the fold. I mean, he had a couple of either back injury and an ankle injury right after it. Uh, and I don't think that they're going to go back and give him 20-25 uh, touches now that after what Drake did against a very good defense in the 49ers um, last Thursday night. So, I think you're going to see a, a, a more of a 60-40 split, 55-45 split between these two backs and uh, I think both of them will have startable uh, starting value uh, especially in PPR because I think they're going to catch more passes than usual since the Bucks rush defense is pretty stout.
0: John, uh, general football strategy. Do you think it's a good idea to tell reporters if you're a quarterback what the game plan is going to be for Sunday?
1: I I think I tweeted this out. I think that it's a poor Strategy to let everybody know that you're planning to pepper your underachieving wide receiver one with targets early in the game. I think that unless unless you're playing three-dimensional chess and you're really gonna throw the ball to your wide receiver two or your tight end or your running back, um, I think that kind of tips the defense off. What do you think?
0: I would think so too. Well, that's what Baker Mayfield did when he told reporters that he wants to force feed Odell Beckham Jr. early in the game. But Beckham Jr. seeing a lot of double coverage. That I mean, what top wide receiver doesn't. What are your thoughts? I mean, moving away from kind of the the joking aspect of this, what do you think about Odell Beckham Jr.? Do you ride with him if you're a fantasy owner? I mean, the talent's there, you know that, but this it just hasn't been a good year because of that bad offensive line, and Baker Mayfield has not been great himself under center.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been fading him in the rankings for a while because this the report doesn't seem like it's there. Um, certainly the target Share is not what it used to be. I mean, he had 11, 10, and 9 the first three weeks, but then he's since then it's 7, 6, 11, 7, and 6. And his only really good game was that 11-target game where he had six catches for 101 yards against the Seahawks. I mean, as if I were the owner, which I'm not an Odell Beckham owner this year, but if I were, I would just sit tight because this is his last very bad matchup. Uh, he had the 49ers, who were fourth in adjusted fantasy points allowed, wide receivers back in week five. Seattle was a mediocre matchup. Then he had his bye. Then he had the Patriots, They're first and just a fancy points allowed. Then he had Denver, who were third. And then this week he's got Buffalo, who are second. And then and then after this week, he's got Pittsburgh, Miami. Pittsburgh, again, those, those three are 22 or lower in the rankings. Uh, 19th uh, with Cincinnati in week 14. He's got 21st. He's got Arizona. And then in week 16, he's got the 18th ranked. Team and just as fancy points a to wide receivers, so things are going to get a lot easier, I think, um, unless you can get like more than what you you know his current value is, which is basically a wide receiver two type value. Um, I would just sit tight, and then uh, I think Beckham's uh, pace and his production are going to pick up here uh, over the next uh, seven weeks.
0: Brandon Cooks is out; he's still dealing with the concussion. He did post on a, on an Instagram page that he can't wait to get back to the field this season. Is it time to fire up Josh Reynolds? We saw him get a lot of playing time last year when Cooper Cup went down.
1: Yeah, and he ended up with uh, three catches for 73 yards and a touchdown on eight targets uh, while playing 89% of the snaps this uh, last game, uh, week eight, when Cooks uh, left the game early. So, you know, right back to him, basically. Uh, He had 3.3 catches for 46 yards and .63 touchdowns in the eight games that uh, Cooper Cup missed last year Uh, so this is we have two instances now that we can look at and see that Reynolds is that third option uh, in a pretty good offense I mean I'm not crazy about this week against the Steelers Uh, Goff is not you know very good on the road compared to how he plays at home Um, but you could you could fire him up as a wide receiver uh, as a wide receiver four so um, I think Reynolds is a is a decent play here down the stretch as, as long as Cooks is out Amari Cooper
0: is questionable for the Cowboys' Week Ten matchup against the Vikings. He is expected to play, though. Do you like the matchup with the Vikings? Normally, you think about Mike Zimmer's defense and some of those corners, Xavier Rhodes. Those those corners are not playing well right now. You fire up Amari Cooper as a wide receiver one, still.
1: Yeah, I think so. And especially at home, uh, he's played so much better, more productive at home than he has on the road. I, I don't think he's. I don't know how many games bad games he's had at home. I don't think there are very many. So even if he's uh, a little gimpy, I think he'll be uh, productive in this matchup. And I don't you know I don't know if they'll run him out there if he's not uh, close to
0: 100%. Adam Thielen has already been ruled out for that same matchup between the Vikings and the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on Kyle Rudolph, B.C. Johnson? Any thoughts on those guys?
1: Yeah, B.C. Johnson is more of a kind of desperation dart throw. This matchup is not great for Kirk Cousins and his passing offense. Uh uh, the Dallas defense is playing better. There's more pressure on the quarterback, uh, and it's a it's a night game. And uh, Cousins doesn't typically play well in primetime games. Um, but the one player that I am recommending is Kyle Rudolph. Um, if you look at his performance with Thielen out, um, Thielen played nine snaps in Week Seven. He played seven snaps in Week Nine, and in those two games, Rudolph had uh, five for 58 and a touchdown on six targets and then three uh, catches for 23 yards and a touchdown on five targets. So his two best games of the year pretty much by far. So the, the Cowboys have struggled against the tight end position. Uh, so I think he's like, uh, other than Stefan Diggs, uh, he's, and obviously Dalvin Cook in the running game, but Rudolph is the second best, I think, option in the passing game for, for Kirk Cousins and for fantasy owners. Juju
0: Smith-Schuster is questionable. He's dealing with a toe injury. He was also dealing with a toe injury earlier in the year. If he can't go, what do you think about Ryan Switzer, Deontay Johnson, and then James Washington?
1: Uh, Steelers play late, so that's worrisome. And this is a late um, addition to the um, to the injury report. This is a Friday injury, uh, and that's very worrisome. So we should know more, uh, again, with Schefter rep report uh, with a, you know, in the form of a tweet either Saturday night or Sunday morning. If he's a game time decision, uh, it'd be pretty leery. I mean, he's a 430, 425 kickoff. So um, owners are going to have to plan ahead and make sure they have somebody that they can plug in if if Juju can't play. And, you know, sometimes these late Friday, Thursday, Friday injuries end up being very minor. But, uh, you know, I would say 60, 70% of the time, they end up uh, knocking the player out for the game. And so I'm a little bit worried.
0: The Giants are down two pass catchers. Sterling Shepard, still dealing with the concussion. He's already been ruled out for Week 10 against the Jets. That's going to be his fifth straight game where he didn't play. Evan Ingram, tight end, also out. He's dealing with a foot injury. Who's left in New York? you like Golden Tate, uh, Darius Slayton, Benny Fowler? Jets don't yeah, have a great I, you know, defense, obviously.
1: Yeah, Tate, I think, will see a lot of targets. I think Slayton is uh, your next best option there. He didn't do much against the Cowboys. Uh, but Ingram was in the lineup for that game. Um, the Cowboys are a pretty tough matchup. Uh, the Jets are not. 26 ingested fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, and, and Slayton has a few really good games under his belt. Um, he had three for 82 in week three. He had four catches for 62 yards and a touchdown week five. And then, he, of course, he had his two-touchdown game against the Lions, uh, 50 yards as well in that game in, in week eight. So he's a guy that he tends to erupt or have a good game every so often. I think this might be a week for it.
0: Jared Cooks is back, so of course we have to talk about him, because we always talk yeah. about Jared Cook on this podcast. But he does have a great matchup with, with, against the Falcons, who are terrible. So, Jared Cook, you fire him back up, tight end one?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I know everybody's complaining about the tight end position, and, I mean, I went you know back and forth with a follower today that um, this is why I was recommending a stud tight end the first couple rounds, and I, I realized that George Kittle might be um, out this week, but – uh, it's it's worked out pretty well with Kelsey Ertz and, and Kittle this year and if I didn't get them I was going after Hunter Henry and that's worked out even though he was injured for part of the season so everybody else is scrambling uh, you know outside of the you know Darren Waller Austin Hooper owners maybe Mark Andrews Greg Olson types um, everybody's kind of scrambling and streaming the position uh, Cook I think fits the bill I mean he was you know had a great training camp and This is a home game um, against a a bad defense, and Drew Brees still is quite elite at home. Uh, 300-something yards uh, passing, 2.7, 2.8 touchdowns per game, I think, over the last two seasons at home. Uh, So there's a lot of points up for grabs in this game, potentially. Uh, Some of it depends on the Falcons and whether or not they can muster any scoring. Uh, But I think Cook is a a decent streaming play this week uh, at home against Atlanta.
0: All right, we're going to talk about the Thursday night game along with some of John's sneaky starts for week 10. But first, a word from our sponsors. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, brings the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event with its $70,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for week 10 in the NFL. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited time promotional contests. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code 444 and you'll get a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com, promo code 444. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. Also, this podcast brought to you by Sharp Angle Sports. It's the exclusive home for NFL selections from James Salinas, the most successful, successful Super Contest winner of all time. Sharp Angle Sports. Not only did Salinas win the Westgate Super Contest in 2015, but he finished third in 2016 and, two, and 26 in 2018 over the last four years, picking 85 games a year. He's compiled a remarkable record of 63.3% against the spread. There's only one place to get James Salinas' NFL against the spread and over under selections each week, and that's sharpanglesports.com. Make sure you visit that site today. Thursday night football, Raiders. I guess we should start considering them a legitimate wildcard team in the AFC, John. What did you make for or, or what did you take out of the Raiders' performance last night, fantasy wise?
1: Well, they had that return touchdown on the interception return, and that, I think, maybe changed their outlook a little bit, although the Chargers did come back and take the lead, so they had to get back to what they wanted to do to start the game. Uh, Josh Jacobs ended up with 101 total yards and a touchdown. They had a nice touchdown run late in the game. Uh, Derek Carr didn't do a whole lot, Um, 218 and a touchdown. Uh, Of course, the touchdown went to somebody named Alec Ingold. Um, so that doesn't help, uh, the Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Terrell, uh, Williams owners at all. Um, but I, th- one thing I want to mention with the Raiders is that they're, it's really the heart and soul of their team is this offensive line. They're, they're fourth and fancy outs- football outsiders, uh, adjusted line yards. They're second in adjusted sack rate. Um, they have the second fewest pressures allowed per, uh, pro fantasy, uh, focus and, if you look at the other teams that are in the top ten of both categories at Football Outsiders, it's the New Orleans Saints, the uh, the Forty Niners, the Cowboys, and the um, and the Raiders. So all winning teams. Um, it's the offensive line is controlling the the, the pass rush and controlling line of scrimmage, in, ter- in terms of the running game, uh, especially for the Raiders. It's it's turning Josh Jacobs into a total star. So. I think that's what's going on in Oakland. I think Derek Carr is serviceable to decent to good at times. Uh, their receiving options are okay. they got uh, Terrell Williams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro's coming on as a PPR guy. Um, but, you know, not a ton of talent on that offense other than outside of the offensive line. So I think that's what's happening there.
0: Speaking of offensive line, the Chargers' offensive line continues to be terrible. The offensive tackles, Russell Kuhn came back, but now he looks like he's banged up again. But the tackles have been a big issue. What about Melvin Gordon? He had 23 touches, so they continue to feed him the ball. What did you make of the Chargers' offensive performance last night?
1: Well, I wasn't bitter at all that uh, Philip Rivers completely carved up my Packers uh, <laughs> while I was at the game, and then I watched him uh, overthrow receiver after receiver. He had Keenan Allen, who I ranked quite high because I thought he was going to have a very good game uh, last night. Uh, over, He had a 30-yard gain. Uh, overthrew him for an interception the first interception of the game probably would have at least had 30 yards there maybe a touchdown Uh, and then just proceeded to throw the ball all over the field he was under pressure uh the Packers were unable to really put him under pressure at uh, at the game in Los Angeles uh so yeah not bitter at all about how the Chargers offense played in this game relative to how they played against the Packers um defensively too um equally not bitter. Um, but I was happy to see Hunter Hunter Henry, you know, get his touchdown. I thought he was off to going to have a, a big game, but he ended up, uh, I think, getting having a goose egg in the second half. But he had four catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. Um, Eckler continues to produce, although I noticed his touches are down a little bit. Uh, he had eight touches this week. Um, uh, last week, it was a little bit more against the Packers, or quite a bit more against the Packers. But I think the the offensive coordinator change has been good for Melvin Gordon. He had 23 touches each in each of the last two weeks, and the, in the games prior to that, the four games prior to that, he was averaging just 13.8 touches, so they're definitely feeding him the ball, and he's looking like a low-end RB1 uh, moving forward here with this sort of workload.
0: All right, sneaky starts time for Week 10. Let's start off with a couple of quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill and Kyle Allen. Interesting you mentioned Kyle Allen facing your Packers.
1: Yeah, watching the Packers try to cover uh, the, the Charger receivers, I uh, I feel like their pass rush is not there. Um, and so these defensive backs, is getting exposed, uh, they might get Amos back this week, um, but that would help. But I think Kyle Allen is set up for a pretty nice day uh, against the secondary, even though the Packers are technically seventh in adjusted fantasy points. A lot of quarterbacks, I don't think that they're quite as good as those numbers. And then Ryan Tannehill actually played uh, really well, uh, especially from a fantasy standpoint. In His three starts, I mean, 19.2, 19.4, 23.0 uh, fantasy points and three straight starts, uh, 30, uh, 312 yards and two touchdowns against the Chargers, 193 yards and three touchdowns against the Bucks. and then he had 331 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, but he had a rushing touchdown and 38 yards rushing against Carolina last week to, to really boost his bottom line, and I think with Patrick Mahomes back, uh, they're not going to be able to sit on the ball. Uh, they're, Tannehill and the Titans are going to have to throw it a little bit, and uh, I think he's a pretty good start start this week.
0: What about running backs? Latavius Murray, Kalen Bellage? I know that Murray earlier this week, I think that Alvin Kamara was talking about being just fine splitting carries with Latavius Murray, and obviously got a nice matchup with Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I think Sean Payton indicated that they – we're not, it was not going to go back to the, the split that they started the year with, where Kamara was basically the bell cow and Murray was barely touching the ball. Um, Murray showed that he was deserving of a larger workload uh, during this stretch that Kamara has been out. So we may see kind of what we thought we would see at the start of the year with more of the Mark Ingram role for, for Murray and, and this matchup against the Falcons. I think that could return fantasy RB2 numbers this week. How about the, and then, and then Balage, you asked about Bellage as well. Yes. Um, I don't, I don't, like I just threw up a little bit in my mouth um, <laughs> recommending him or saying him. But, I mean, Mark Walton's out for four weeks with the suspension. Uh, Kenyon Drake's out. He's gone now. He's in Arizona tearing up the league. So, um, Bellage is left. Uh, it's not a great matchup against Indianapolis. But, you know, sometimes in, in situations like this where there's six teams on by, you just need a guy who's you know going to get 10 to 12 to 15 touches. And, and Bellage is a guy that could get that. I don't know. If it seems like the team's kind of, I'm a little bit worried about this because he's not great, and it seems like the team is kind of done with him. Um, They really reduced his workload, but he was still active ahead of Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin Uh, in recent weeks. Laird had a pretty good preseason for the Dolphins, so there's potential for some time time split there because they just seem the team seems in general like they're done with Belage, but they haven't yet made him inactive, and I think at this point. They're going to turn the keys over to him. But there is that seed of worry, and it's just not a great matchup either. But still, 10, 15 touches, um, you can't get that everywhere uh, in week 10 uh, when you're desperate for a start.
0: Let's shift to wide receivers. We talked about Josh Reynolds earlier in the pod, mentioned Darius Slayton as well. Two wide receivers that you like are teammates, Zach Pascal and then Chester Rogers, who are facing Miami.
1: Yeah, Miami, 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, so the matchup is really good. Uh, Pascal at uh, 5 for 76 and a touchdown on six targets uh, last week. Um, He has three other games with 10 or more fantasy points. Uh, He had 6 for 106 and two touchdowns against the Texans in Week 7, so he has blow-up ability as well. Uh, So I think he's the higher upside guy, and I think with Brissette back, it helps him, even though he was pretty good with Hoyer uh, under center as well. Uh, And then on the other other side, or I guess in the slot, uh, Chester Rogers, uh, he's PPR specific, I think. He's more of a a low yardage guy, high catch guy. He had three for 22 and a touchdown on five targets week nine. Last year he had three games with uh, seven plus uh, catches, and uh, Paris Campbell's going to be out, I think, with a broken hand. So um, Rogers should end up being that number two, number three uh, pass catching role, and one of those tight ends might pop up but uh, Rodgers should definitely see five to six to seven or more targets in this game.
0: All right, you're targeting my Falcons. I don't blame you. Ted Ginn's another wide receiver you like this weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, Pat Fitzmaurice who used to write the waiver wire watch. He and I uh, would go every every Monday when he would post the waiver wire watch, and I'd have to edit it. We'd always, I'd always get in his ear about Ted Ginn, how he's got Ted Ginn too low.
0: <laughs> and, uh,
1: <laughs> you, We picked him up in uh, my FFPC league. Um, he's somebody you start at home. Uh, his splits at home are great. Uh, last five home games with Drew Brees under center, he's caught 4.6 passes for 68 yards and 0. 0.2 touchdowns. If you go back another year, his splits get even better. Uh, and the matchup against the Falcons doesn't get much better. The 29th and just a fancy points allowed to wide receivers. The only concern here, here that I have is Traquan Smith looks like he's going to be returning from an ankle injury, so that makes gives me a little bit of concern because now maybe Ginn doesn't see 70, 80, 90 percent of the, uh, of the uh, snaps. Maybe it's Closer to sixty or seventy, but I still think they're going to take some shots deep with with Ginn against this uh, Falcons defense.
0: Mike Geseki, nice game last yep. week. You like him as your tight end?
1: Yeah, he's been like um, his he's been picking up the the usage, and you know you got to be patient with these tight ends. It's not always year one where they uh, blow up or even have a good. You know, even a serviceable fantasy season, not every tight end uh, does that, even the highly drafted ones, but he's coming on now since the bye. Uh, He had seven targets, four targets, three targets, and six targets. And Last week against the Jets, six for 95 uh, yards on on those six targets. He's playing 61% of the snaps Uh, and uh, doing a little bit better with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. Um, And then the other issue here, or the other plus I think for him, is that Preston Williams is out for the year. So now you might see uh, a few extra targets come his way and the, and the Colts aren't great at covering tight ends. They're 17th and just a fancy points allowed to tight end. So it's kind of a neutral matchup matchup for him.
0: And then, final question, are there any players that you're targeting as the fantasy trade deadline is approaching?
1: Yeah. Uh, Holden Kushner actually asked me this question in our Slack. And, um, there are a couple that I'm looking at, uh, not that I really trade much. Um, people generally won't trade with me in my leagues, but, um, David Montgomery, he's taking over that backfield. 27 carries uh, in week eight, uh, 14 carries, uh, seven, I'm sorry, three uh, three receptions in week nine, so 17 touches. He had the two touchdowns. I think people are still a little bit nervous about this Bears offense, but if you look forward, uh, he's had four bad matchups so far, two good ones. Starting this week against Detroit, he's got a good matchup. Then he's got the Rams and the Giants who are 12th and 20th, and just the fancy points allowed to running backs. Then he's got Detroit again, 30th, Dallas, 24th, Green Bay, 25th, and KC, 27th to close out the year. So, you know, really favorable schedule uh, going down this the stretch. And maybe he's looking to be a little bit pricier because he has had a couple good weeks. But uh, another player that probably is at his lowest in a while in terms of his value is, is DJ Chark. Um, he didn't do much in a great matchup against the Texans, 4 for 32. Uh, nine targets. You um, did have six for seventy-nine a touchdown on twelve targets prior to that, uh, but you know he had a couple of mediocre games week six and week seven against New Orleans and Cincinnati. Another player looking forward. I mean, he's on bye this week, but then he's got the the Colts, the Titan, uh, the Titans. They're sixteenth and thirteenth, and just a fancy points allowed to are wide receivers. And then to close out this the year, he's got the Bucks thirty-second, the Chargers eleventh. Then he's got the Raiders thirtieth and the, the Falcons. 29th. So he in the fantasy playoffs and in week 13 as well uh, could really uh, t- carry owners to uh, to championships uh, this year, I think.
0: John, great stuff as always. You can make sure you check out John Paulson on Twitter at four, for four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Don't forget as well about that code that we mentioned at the top of the podcast today. When you use the code TMAP at 4, for four you'll get. 25% off any rest of season subscription. Prices have been reduced, but you can get that additional 25% off just with that code TMAP. Make sure you, if you do sign up, you want to give John a little credit. B I T dot L Y backslash, and this is all caps, T M A P J O H N. Sign up. He'll get a little kickback as well. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. Good luck this weekend in all of your fantasy uh, games, and we'll. Talk to you next week on 444.com. It's the most accurate podcast.